It's the last Friday before the long Christmas break and we're excited to close the year with another episode of Meet the CEO. In our 258th episode, we host Denise Hanwald, proprietor and CEO of Grace Clean Energy and Water Limited, who calls herself a serial entrepreneur and is passionate about creating easy access to affordable, clean drinking water. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Who is Denise Hanwelt? I would firstly, I mean, right now I'm going to classify myself as a serial entrepreneur, but my focus for the last 10 years has been on social impact. And that really means we're working on projects and companies that have an impact for people and also for the environment. So the reason I'm doing Grace Clean Energy and Water in Uganda is to serve the Ugandan communities, but also to give back to them. So everything we do is hand in hand with our nonprofit called Grace Impact here in Germany. As for me, um, I'm a U.S. citizen based in Germany for the last 35 years. I'm 62 years old, and um, I'm very passionate about my work, and I like to stay active, and I love my team that we have on the ground in Kampala. Talk to us about Grace Clean Energy Water Limited. When was the company founded? You know, Grace Clean Energy and Water is a new company. It was founded in March 2022. It entered the Ugandan marketplace in December this year, so it's a very new company. However, the team... I have on the ground is coming from a former company um, that was that, that has probably a legacy that we figured made no sense for us. So we said, let's just found a new company that focuses both on clean energy combined with clean water. Both are from my perspective and the UN's perspective. It's a human right to have access to both. Imagine having no light and no water. These are two things, or no electricity, no power. These are two items that I think everybody should have a right to. It prevents a lot of illnesses, a lot of burdens, and it can also save lots of lives. So that's the passion behind this company. I know about the sector since 2014, so I figured why not use my experience and my background to lead a team and to develop a com- company, not just in Uganda, but we're planning on expanding to East African, other East African countries, starting next year with Kenya and eventually into Ethiopia. One of your main offerings is the water purifier. How does this work? So we have different types of machines with different technology. We have UV technology, which can work primarily with electricity, you basically plug it in and it works. We can install a solar system because then this way, if you don't have access to electricity, the solar system provides you with the energy to generate, to basically use the machine. We have a third machine that's called Hall, which is using nanofiltration as a technology. This is an exceptional and very unique machine because it requires no power, no replacements, no spare parts, and no maintenance. So we've got a pretty broad product range depending on what our customers' requirements are, what their water source might be, and what their energy source might be. 
Access to safe drinking water remains a challenge. Uh, in Uganda, only 32% have access to basic water supply. How does Grace Clean Water overcome this challenge? As you know, the, the UN made a decree in 2010, and it's really the state, i.e. the government's responsibility to provide an infrastructure for its population. What we would love to do is work hand-in-hand with the ministry, Ministry of Water, Ministry of Education, anybody in the government who says, okay, let's focus on finding a solution that can be quickly installed so that one doesn't have to wait for a long-term project to be implemented and to be financed for. So I believe that we do have a big chance and a lot of opportunity. Um, We're speaking with certain individuals who work for the government for instance the ugandan police force so we do know that there's a need for many people to use water that's straight from the tap on site and we even have machines that have such a high capacity that if you wanted to you could actually bottle the water rather than having to buy water from a third party so we cannot we cannot solve the problem in uganda on our own but as a professional com- company that has a long-term vision, um, the experience, the customer service um, rep- representatives at my companies, the technicians on site to help you install and to provide you with maintenance and consumables, we can really deliver quickly and we're definitely reliable. I'm not going anywhere. I might be 62, but um, this is a passion for me and I will do this as long as I can. How does the company monitor installed systems? We're a new company. We haven't installed any systems. What we have done is we've taken over a team from another company that used to sell water purification systems. And that team has probably installed over 475 machines. And we have access to all those customers. More important, we are actually using a customer relationship management software that allows us to keep track of all of our customers, which machine they purchased, when were they last serviced. And so this way we can keep track of what they've done, what they might need. And in many cases, we probably know before the customer knows when they need servicing or they need new spare parts. We work very closely with our customers. If they give us a referral, we have special offers for them as well. So this is what we do follow up on. We have a very active Um, team on the ground that makes sure that the customers are being serviced very quickly and all their queries and questions are being answered. What are some of the challenges you have faced in your industry? Okay, the general challenge from my perspective, because we're buying high quality products and spare parts, um, they're coming from North America as well as Europe. These have to be transported to Uganda. So of course, The transport cost, I'm sure you know, due to COVID, higher benzene, I don't know if it's not benzene, fuel cost, um, the transport costs have actually increased incredibly. They're probably two times the price they used to be. That has been a challenge because we'd like to have affordable products. If we have to spread out the cost of the transportation on the product price, that's going to cost the products cause them to be more expensive. The second issue is customs taxes. Solar panels can be imported and those, they pay no taxes on soda. But if you want to work on water 
in water purification systems, they are not exempt from custom taxes. So that tends to be a second challenge because all of these costs will have an impact on the purchase price, the selling price of our products. So we would like to find a way that we could actually have reduced customs taxes. I don't know if that's possible, but that would be wonderful from our perspective. Um, it's very difficult to find local suppliers that can provide the quality spare parts and products we would love to use. What are some of the changes you would like to see? Now, I think the best thing would be a what we call a PPP, a public-private partnership, because we can help all the state community villages, communities, if we work with them together to roll out a plan to make sure that we're getting to especially the people in rural areas because they really have been abandoned, not abandoned, but they've really been overlooked. They've been sidelined and they really need access to energy, to electricity, to water. So we actually have a CSR program that focuses on providing these vital essential products and services. We've done this in Tororo, we've done this in Bugeri, we've done this in Wakisco. Um, and it's very important that these areas and these people are not being left without energy, without electricity, without water. So while we're doing our work and we're making, we're making a little bit of, I would say revenues, we're not making profits yet. We really do focus on making sure that we're giving to the community so everyone knows what are the benefits of clean water? What are the benefits of having electricity? How does productivity increase? How do you make sure children can wash their hands five times a day with clean water? So if they touch their face or their mouths, they won't get sick from germs. How children can do their homework at nighttime in the evening because they've got electricity. So we can install light bulbs from five light bulbs in a lighting system to a hundred light bulbs lighting system. So these are things I think we would like to work with different ministries in Uganda because I think they need to address this problem for their population as well. And we would love to partner with them. What are your future expansion plans? I mean, the plan has always been for me is to duplicate my business model, which is as a, if it's run by the correct people. Um, we've seen other people in management who didn't know how to really run a company. So using my, this is Grace Clean Energy and Water is my sixth company, okay? So I've been around for a long time. Um, and we're focusing on countries. There's, there's a top 10 countries in Africa. And I'm focusing on East Africa only because it's easier for me to travel with no jet lag. Um, and that's going to be expansion first in Kenya. I sit on the board of AMREF Healthcare, you know, in Germany. And their headquarters are in Kenya. So we work hand in hand with NGOs like AMREF, the IRC. Oxfam, WaterAid, and because they have so many different projects, WASH projects, we'd like to basically spend time in the areas where I've got great contacts and connections, and we're able to basically into the market, and we're able to start very quickly once we hit the ground. So that would be Kenya. Rwanda is probably an exception because I believe 
Their water situation is much better, but Mozambique and Ethiopia. And where do you see yourself in the next five years? I've hired some very talented, loyal people. I also believe in giving them more responsibility. I believe in entrepreneurship, especially in the non-agricultural sector. So my employees, my team, they're fantastic. And we have a thing we called, you know, employee ownership. It's called an ESOP program. So my employees will become partial owners. And eventually I will step back from the daily operating side of business and focus more on strategy, getting funding um, from different investors to oversee the expansion and implementation. So I will stay involved, but more as a visionary and focusing on the top level um, functions while the people on the ground be able to do the daily operations. That's the way it should be. And take ownership. Oversee the expansion and implementation of building my company with this with this business model in East Africa. That's what I see myself doing. Not only do I have this company in Uganda, but I have a nonprofit here in Germany where we're basically supporting lots of projects and initiatives in various countries. We've done stuff in Tanzania. We've done stuff in Kenya. We're doing more in Uganda. And I support these projects and I make sure that they're being monitored correctly because as I take money from donors and it's my money that's going in there as well, I've got skin in the game. I want to make sure that the projects are being executed, implemented according to our strategy plan. And I plan on continuing to do that for the, I mean, five years, I'll be 67. So I'll be busy. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The annualization rate in Morocco edged up to 8.3% in November of 2022, the highest on record from 8.1% in the prior month. Prices accelerated mainly for the food and non-alcoholic beverages and transport. And on a monthly basis, consumer prices increased by 0.4%, the same pace as in the previous month. The economy of Mauritius advanced by 7.4% year-on-year in the third quarter of 2022, following a downwardly revised 14.5% rise in the previous period. It marks the sixth consecutive quarter of expansion, boosted by accommodation and food service activities due to high tourist arrivals, manufacturing and wholesale and retail trade to meet the high demand for goods in end-of-year festivities. Significant positive contributions also came from finance and insurance, human health and social work, public administration, information and communication and professional scientific and technical activities. Meanwhile, construction activity contracted by 4%. The economy of Botswana advanced by 6.3% year-on-year in the third quarter of 2022, accelerating from an upwardly revised 5.8% rise in the previous three-month period. It's the seventh consecutive quarter of economic expansion, mainly driven by diamond traders, on higher diamond prices in the global market and utilities as the local electricity production went up by 36.3% due to improved coal demand from external markets and uptake of the Morpool power station. While other activities recorded solid increases of more than 1.9% except agriculture. On a quarterly basis, the GDP rose by 4%, rebounding sharply from a downwardly revised 1.4% contraction in the previous quarter. 
Thank you for always waking up with us this year from 693 cities and 112 countries. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at Ruthadong. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.